0: Welcome to the Atheist Experience. I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is Don Baker.
1: Hey, good to be here.
0: Uh, good to see you again. Uh, today is Sunday, May 15, 2016. We're a live call-in, internet-based based atheist TV show broadcasting from Austin, Texas, and dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. You can catch us live every Sunday on YouTube or ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is www.atheist-experience.com. You can also provide feedback by commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com/axp. You can email us at tv@atheist-community.org at or you can join the official uh, Athe- the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook. If you enjoy this show, please check out our related podcast, The Nonprofits, currently airing on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. Uh, You can find links at the Atheist Experience website, and the next nonprofits will be recorded live on the evening of May 18th. As always, the cast and crew of The Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show at Threadgill's North location. 6416 North Lamar. Uh, we will be arriving at around 6 15 or so, uh, sometime after the show ends. Uh, not a lot in the way of extra announcements today, but on a personal note, I, Russell Glasser, am going to be in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, from June 4th through 6th, going to hang out for the Reason Rally, where I understand a lot of cool atheists and also Johnny Depp will be speaking. Uh, I I guess Johnny Depp also is a cool atheist, Uh, and (laughs) (laughs) uh, I assume I'll see some of you there, so uh, if anybody wants to get together or hang out, you can find me on Twitter or Facebook and drop me a line. Uh, How are you doing, Don? Just fine, just fine.
1: We got a kind of rainy rainy weather here in Austin yeah well it's
0: uh, nice for a change right. yeah
1: <laughs> shall I start um, sure uh, I've been doing a long sequence long series of failure shows and today is another one uh, today is number 38 by my counting and uh, the title is God confusion and so many so many failures so so few gods this mm-hmm. is kind of the <laughs> motto of the show Uh um, so, when, when we have a lot of theists call in and uh, ask us questions and talk about their god or whatever, and we, we hear a lot of different definitions of god, and mankind has invented tens of thousands of gods throughout history, and most are long forgotten, and there's no reason to think any of them are special. And ironically, you know, the characteristics of Zeus, the characteristics of Thor, the characteristics of Ra, the characteristics of Ceres, all may be better defined than the Christian God. The Christian God is rather fuzzy. And part of the reason, I think, is that it was, a you know, uh, even before... Judaism—it was a mishmash of eucharistic, eucharistic gods, uh, El and Yahweh and Hadad and Baal—all kind of got glommed together into a single, monotheistic thing. Although originally they were separate gods, a part of a, a pantheon known as the Elohim. And even there's uh, lots of name confusion, especially in the Bible. There's uh, there's Yahweh, there's there's Lord, there's uh, Jeshua. there's all, all these different uh, God names um, in the Bible, and and then since since Judaism, we've had different derivative religions uh, taking the God of Abraham, supposedly the God of Abraham, and taking it off in different directions, and we've likened it to uh, fan fiction, where where, <laughs> where 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 different stories uh, get get kind of spun different directions and such, and all three of these religions can't seem to agree on his attributes or powers as the stories have diverged. And even within Christianity, there's a lot of divergence and, and, and change over time. And, and these God concepts seem to evolve culturally. And, and that seems to be the best evidence or one of, one of a bit of evidence that, 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 there, that there aren't any real sort of objective gods there. <clears throat> within Christianity, the Trinity concept is, is not fully ex, uh, accepted the idea took hold at a particular point in time and we can point back at it and 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 talk about the the forces at work that caused that that belief to be to be picked up and the trinity doesn't make any sense it's <laughs> god creating himself as a son and sacrificing himself to himself uh to to fix a mistake that he made it's very 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 odd and confused and
0: you know, since you mentioned the fan fiction thing again, I mm-hmm. feel like there's a pretty good parallel to draw here. Because I just saw, um you know, um Avengers? Captain America Civil War. <laughs> the Avengers movies, right? Yeah, like, we, which is really an Avengers movie. Don't be fooled by the title pretty right. much. But uh in... Pretty uh, good
1: movie, by the way. <laughs> yes.
0: I I enjoyed it a lot. And don't worry, we won't do any spoilers. Well, just one. People punch each other a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Um But I noticed that in this uh, Captain America movie, Spider-Man went through the third movie reboot since the year 2000. So, I mean, he keeps getting recycled, and he's slightly different every time. And then, you know, before that, Marvel comics themselves are kind of notorious for just kind of scrapping everything in their Marvel universe and starting over every once in a while. So we got, you know... Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man, and, you know, this Spider-Man is a teenager, but Tobey Maguire, like, quite obviously a gawky teenager, but, like, (laughs) Andrew Garfield started out in college, and it's like all the Spider-Mans, (laughs) Spider-Man? Have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slightly different circumstances and different orders that they meet the bad guys. Oh sure,
1: sure. and sure. they're
0: they're all kind of the same thing, but but because they're all fiction, right? Um, it, you, they're not really tied to a strict retelling of the same events.
1: And we lo- and we love our f- superhero stories, yeah. don't we? And our God stories. <laughs> we do, you know, yeah. And it's okay if uh, if it if it evolves and changes and. Right. You know, and gets retold and these sorts of things. So. Yeah, so
0: I think all these different branching religions are kind of like that, where where they're like, all right, this this Catholic God has gotten stale. Let's do a reboot on this story. <laughs> and th- yeah, this time it's yeah. almost the same, but you need a personal relationship with the God and so on.
1: Right, right, <laughs> with, with this story somehow, yeah. yeah. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> this
0: one has golden tablets. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with with uh, yeah Mormonism, so uh, back to the Trinity. You know, there's this is kind of three headed natures to it, and it, and that's all kind of confused. God is Jesus when you're supposed to feel guilt or admire his virtue. He's the Godhead when you're supposed to feel awe or fear, and he's this fully Holy Spirit when you're supposed to feel a warm embrace or a sense of purpose. And uh, mm-hmm. so he's got he's got all the all the emotional bases covered, it seems through that. Um. Let's see. Um, there's this idea that God is a creator. Well, what exactly did he create? Uh, the universe? Uh, I'm not sure he did. Uh, the, the evidence is that uh, we don't have any evidence that, that there is such a thing, and, and physics seems to explain, or cosmology seems to explain the universe as we know it. Uh, did he create mankind? Well, no, evolution disproves that idea. And most Bible stories are about destruction, not creation. Um, so it's pos- uh, it's possibly due to the storm god attributes of Yahweh from back back in the day. So what what does God do if he doesn't create? Well, as science progresses, the alleged actions of God become smaller and less impressive. Cosmology explains the universe. Exp- uh, evolution explains life. We understand rainbows and lightning and all these uh, natural phenomena. Because we have a better understanding of the universe and the, the, the role of God or the need for God to, to try to explain things becomes less and less. Um, and on the question of what does God do, well, atheists seem to be able to chase God out of out of schools when we have a, a church-state win.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. There's all those sad stories going around.
1: They, they've
0: taken God out yeah. of the schools. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, God is supposed to be omnipotent, omniscient, and omnibenevolent. Well, is He all powerful? Right. There's there's this thing that Matt talked about a while back. Can He create a boulder so large that He can lift it? Well, uh, I don't know of any God that can create a rock or can lift one. So it's vacuously true. He can mm. he can he he can't create a law a, a rock that He can't lift. So uh, anyway, uh, both prongs are false. Clearly, God cannot heal amputees. Uh, he, he cannot create any newborn future tithers to, that's going to keep the church in business, and he can't seem to bend the rule that sin requires a blood sacrifice for atonement, even though he you know, is supposedly the one being honored by that blood sacrifice. Is God all-knowing? Well, uh, omniscience, omniscience is incompatible with humans having free will, which is supposedly what, what the religion says we have, um, and did God know that Adam and Eve would eat of the tree of good and evil? Or did he know that humans would become wicked and needed to be killed off by the flood? Or did he know that, that the humans would build a tower And in these, these stories? Um, what about omnibenevolent? Well, there's this claim that God is love, but the most common interaction between humans and God in the Bible is God killing them. The second most common interaction is God ordering the killing. So, no love here. Um, this this leads you know this three three leads us to the problem of evil, and I won't belabor it, but uh, it's still not adequately been answered after two thousand years from Epicurus. There's the claim that God is the author of morality. Well, but is an act moral because God says so, or because He's the messenger of a deeper truth? Either God is, either morality is God's whim. Which, which is not a very uh, pleasant thought, or God is irrelevant to the discussion. So that that kind of falls flat on its face. There's the claim that God is perfect. Well, he clearly has a murderous streak. He clearly changes his mind. He clearly can't communicate to humanity. He can't seem to make anything perfect, and he blames humanity for his imperfections. So we've got problems here. God is the universe. You, we've heard that. Well, that's just a, an attempt to redefine the universe. And I guess it gives you omnipresence, but um, there's no evidence that the universe is alive or cognizant uh, or any of that. So this kind of fails. Uh, God is outside space and time. Well, this is this is just blatant special pleading. And how do you know any of this? And you don't have any any thing. It's a it's a nonsensical concept trying to wrap a mystery in a re- mystery. And then there's this claim that God is in- incomprehensible. Well, then. Uh, it, please admit to me that, th- that theology is a scam and nonsense is also incomprehensible so how do we distinguish your God from nonsense I can't um, what we well there is scientific evidence that God is a mental construct uh, there is a paper called believers estimates of God's belief are more more egocentric than estimates of other people's beliefs and it's a study of <clears throat> Various people reasoning about how God would behave and reasoning about how their friends would behave and reasoning about how they would behave and not surprisingly everybody everybody's concept of god's behavior would be would be analogous to their own and um here's a little quote from the paper people may use may use religious agents as a moral compass, forming impressions and making decisions based on what they presume God as as the ultimate moral authority would believe or want. The central feature of a compass, however, is that it points north no matter what direction the person is facing. This research suggests that unlike an actual compass, inferences about God's belief may instead point people further in whatever direction they were already facing. So that's that's an interesting scientific study, and I'll, I'll post a link of that on our blog. Uh, there was another study done more recently, in the last maybe eight years or so, uh, by Baylor, and they were they divided the attributes of God into four quadrants, being judgmental or, ver, or non non judgmental, as two as one axis, and critical versus non critical on another axis, and this study found that people's impressions of God fell almost equally into those four quadrants. So, so there there isn't even in agreement among the people who supposedly have a personal relationship with God, what, what this God actually is. So clearly, God makes no sense. The more I talk to theists, the less they seem to know about what they're talking about. And when you call the show, don't be surprised if we ask you to define what you mean. Uh, and this is why we ask, Why? what do you believe and why? Because we we don't understand this concept. And the foundation of Christianity seems to be on the based based on the shifting sands of a very squishy concept here, this God concept just doesn't make sense, uh, and God appears to be a marketing mechanism or a mascot that lacks any objective basis. It's changing throughout history, and that's another failure of Christianity and a lot of religions.
0: Yeah, uh, if I can just add sure. one other thing, please to do. That. I mean, I I feel like, you know, the the gods you named that have more specificity than Christianity, like Zeus and and so forth, all are really from a long time ago. And uh, Christianity used to be a lot better defined back when there was, you know, Catholicism, uh, like in the Middle Ages, selling Mm. indulgences and and giving very specific edicts about, uh, you know— um, you have this very specific imagery and this very specific character of Christ. Um, but once the Enlightenment happened and science became sort of the popular paradigm for people. And Protestantism
1: um, broke off and, and these sorts of things. Yeah, are, there was mm-hmm. that.
0: Um, but also there was the fact that once you get in the mindset that you can test stuff, uh, a lot of the very specific claims of Christianity start from dropping off or or becoming hard to sustain because uh people have higher standards of evidence at that point hmm. um and so i feel like it's not that the christian god generally is poorly defined but that uh like all religions that have that have made the transition into the 21st century have gradually become more and more squishy <laughs> And more difficult to pin down because they've backed off from those specific claims. Oh, good point.
1: Uh, I I like that uh, explanation. That makes makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let's go to calls. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Uh, It looks like uh, we have uh, Matt on the line from Virginia Beach. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Matt. How are you?
2: Hi. I'm good. And you?
0: Uh, Very well, thanks. What's on your mind?
2: Well, I was um, I was on YouTube, uh, I guess as a bunch of people are, and I was in the comment section of certain videos, and we were having a conversation between me and an atheist. His name was Brian, and he he's a very nice guy, you know. And we were diving into what seemed to be some pretty deep things,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he started um, saying that we can account for most things that we observe in the world via natural causes. Okay. And then I asked him, I said, "Okay, well, when you're going into it," It seems that there's two probabilities. Whenever you're looking at, okay, can this be explained naturally? What do you mean by natural? Are you talking about mere natural causes, like the product of chance, or natural laws having arisen by chance? Or Are you talking about God-authored natural laws? Because it, it is a claim of Christianity, which I'm a Christian, that God operates the universe on natural laws. It, you know, it, like se- gravity, it seems like, like you've you've, and stuff like that.
1: You, you've done a and I'm. It seems like you've changed the subject there. You, you, you were talking about uh, the universe arising from, you know, from natural laws and the, the interaction of, say, gravity and electromagnetism and these sorts of things to... Uh, and then, you, then you sort of changed the subject to where do these laws come from.
2: Yeah, I mean, it got to the point that I was, I was trying to explain, well, even if you can explain something via natural law... That's part of my explanation, too. Christianity also claims that the universe operates on natural law. So I don't know how you're showing that we can explain this without the presence
0: of God. Well, uh, let me if ask God you... If all but
2: these natural laws, it would work the same way.
0: Right. I'm just curious, uh, in, in this frame of reference, like, do you feel that God is something that requires an explanation himself?
2: Well, I think like, that he would be the prime mover... I mean I think Okay that, but I mean
0: is that an explanation? Well sure but, I mean if, l- if you like with like, where did, that god, like where did god like where did the god come from exactly because you're you're telling me that you feel like the presence of natural laws need to be accounted for so in the same way I could ask where do, what accounts for the fact that god is there in the first place
2: Well I would say that when you look at something, and it seems like that it came into being at some point in the past, uh-huh. then you would have to answer, where did that come from? Okay. Such as Are you,
0: are I mean, you asserting that, the, that modern, the laws of physics came into being?
2: Yes. I would say that when everything came into being at the beginning of the universe, the laws that govern the... Wait, 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 wait.
0: Everything? Does being, that include God?
2: Everything material. Material existence, you know, like space, time, matter, energy, the things that came into being at the Big Bang, if you want to put it like that. But no, I would not include an an all-knowing, immaterial mind.
0: How do you... Yeah, but you're kind of jumping the gun here because you are making the assumption that a that an immaterial mind exists, and this, this is kind well, of begging I don't, I don't the question, you... right? This is asserting what you're trying to prove in the first place. You're saying no, er- no, everything no. you asserted from like, the beginning, right?
2: You, you look at you look at the effect and then infer it when you see
0: infer it how
2: that warrant that being inferred? Like saying when you go back to the beginning. Uh And you say, okay, it seems that time, space, matter, and energy came into being at some point in the finite past.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, now you, because something doesn't, because being doesn't arise from non-being uncaused, that's not in any of our experience. Except for God. Well, I mean, no, not except for God. What I'm trying to say is, when you see something come into being from non-being, um, something had to be there to cause that
0: okay and and so it, 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 that's not in our experience and so that that what are what are you claiming are the properties of this something that caused it?
2: Well, being that matter is one thing that came into being, that would mean that whatever was before it was immaterial or no matter. If our time or our understanding of time that affects the universe, is something that came into being, then whatever was before that or caused that had to transcend it because it created it. If space, say, was one of the effects, then whatever caused that transcends space.
0: How do and you know if it? If we look
2: at the created <laughs> thing or the effect and we see that intelligence is built into it, I would say. Wait, 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 what intelli-
0: intelligence. wait, Where Where did the, that intelligence was a big leap that you haven't justified?
2: Well, I mean, you could look at the fine tuning of the universe. That would be yeah.
0: I don't, I don't buy that the universe is fine tuned.
2: Or you could look at the information that is present within our DNA.
0: Information is just a term we use to describe uh, to describe uh, our ordering of uh, of the way that things are, of our observation of the way that things actually are. I mean, there is so nothing in the concept DNA, of what?
2: So are you saying that whenever we look at DNA, we're projecting that there's information present within DNA, or do you think there's actually information present within DNA? Do you think that is a feature of reality, or do you think that's something we're projecting onto reality?
0: Uh, I think that after the fact, we can come along and observe that things, uh, that things actually happen in a particular pattern. And the way that pattern is laid out, we describe as information.
2: So you think that cells don't follow specific instructions that are information about how
0: to build a body? I think that when these patterns manifest, feel free to jump okay. in mm-hmm. any time, Don, if you are bored. No, you're good. You're good. I'm right, right now. Go ahead. Yeah. I would say that when these patterns manifest uh they uh they do things that are uh repetitive and predictable uh and in that sense uh we are justified in describing it as as information um i, I would also say though that when uh like i take something and i drop it and it falls down due to gravity that is also uh-huh. something uh, that is behaving in a predictable way that we have learned to outline and describe with theories, uh, but nobody would say that that somebody's mind is required at every step of the fall of the object to actually you know take it from one position and move it to the next position. It's just. Things doing well, what no, they I'm, do. I'm
2: not advocating. I'm not advocating for that point either. I don't think okay. God interacts at every moment in right. the outworking of these natural laws. But I don't think that it's been shown that these natural laws are in fact the product of chance as opposed to being God authored. No, well,
0: no, you, nobody shows that, that, that there's a God.
2: You prove. Well, I mean, you you infer that down the line. You just leave it open from the beginning, like. The scientific method operates on the principle that everything can be explained via natural causes. That's correct. No, right? no that's not correct.
0: What were you going to say, Don?
1: Well, I was—I was going to say that uh, y- y- you seem to be saying that the—that the universe, uh, once it's set in motion, uh, it does all of its things based on natural laws, but that that some, somehow God is creating these natural laws
2: yeah that's close that's really close um i'm I'm allowing for the possibility of agent interaction somewhere down the line if said agent yeah but how
0: does how does allowing for the possibility of something actually move you to the conclusion that it actually happened like the the reason i said at the
2: effect and you see something that seems to be wild and you infer from there okay an agent had to be involved you know like take the origin that's of that's generally
0: not how science works i mean i disagreed well, I earlier that. that's, I, that's, yeah that's i disagreed kind of a minute point. ago that's with not your character works. it weeds yeah.
2: those options out i think that the problem that you run into is that when you assume that the natural laws are a product of chance to the
1: point that no, it's no one exactly no one has said that you are projecting yeah. that onto i don't know who uh, we haven't said that. Your friend, I don't think, has said that. Um, scientists aren't saying well, no,
2: it that. No, yeah. it came up in the conversation. What I, what I was trying to say is that it, you don't have to assume it explicitly. You can okay. assume it implicitly. I mean, I'll just ask you a question, and you you, you tell me what you think of it. All right. um, if we can ex- account for everything via natural explanations, then God isn't needed. Do you agree with that or no?
0: Yeah.
1: Unless God is part well, of that explanation. But, um,
2: you've assumed natural explanations as a product of chance. That's circular reasoning. you are going to deceive yourself. No one else. has
1: said product of chance. Where, where does this come from?
0: There's we a haven't problem. said that. Follow me closely. Right. Follow me really. No, no, no. no. There, there's, <laughs> a diff- there's a difference between making an assumption about something uh, and actually uh, requiring a certain uh, a certain level of evidence before accepting something. So, for instance, well, there are a lot there are a lot of people it. out there who think that uh, you know UFOs have visited the Earth, and I think okay, you'd deg- agree. What? Yeah, I think I you'd that, agree, though, that that like scientists generally don't take that seriously by default. Would but it doesn't mean that they rule out the fact that UFOs could visit the Earth. It just means. That would be an extremely extraordinary event that happens outside normal experience. So we're going to need a little bit more, uh, uh, evidence than just UFOs would explain my experience. The fact that some well, I mean, wild assertion could hypothetically explain something doesn't mean that uh, you your first choice. give up your duty to, uh, to demonstrate that it's true.
2: Well, I realize that, but which one would you prefer? A wild, hypothetical, naturalistic assumption or a supernatural explanation? You know, which one there, would you there's
1: a, that's a false dichotomy. You, we could say we don't know and we're going to investigate. Right.
2: Well, oh, okay. Well, we can leave it open then. that That's fine. But yeah, like, we can leave it open. On the origins of the universe, I think you'd have to leave it open. And like so, the, your UFO analogy that you just used, I would say mm-hmm. also, uh, in conjunction with what you said, but there's a lot of people out there claiming to see something.
0: Sure, there are. And wait, they, are, so... I would not think
2: that they are all seeing hallucinations. I would leave it open to well, you know, this is rare, extremely rare and more data is needed, but a lot of people are claiming to having seen something and they seem to all be describing something somewhat similar.
0: That is more or less the position that I've got on both UFOs and God. At the present time, I don't see any particular reason to take the UFO cultists seriously. But if somebody were to come in with a very solid, detailed, uh, persuasive evidence, uh, I mean, you know, some kind of demonstration of the UFO's existence, I would have to be open at that point to believing in UFOs, the same with God. The problem with both God with and God. UFO. the problem with, yes, the same with God. The problem with UFOs okay. and God right now is that there isn't good information that points at the existence of either one.
2: Okay, well, let me, I, like I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay. And I'll, I'll point to one feature in uh, creation that gives me, um, I guess, or, Buttresses or strengthens my support, and that my worldview is indeed true. Go for it. And for that, I'm going to point to DNA, human DNA, or you know any living thing. And I'm going to. But we know where
1: DNA comes from, right?
2: Yes, but I want you to think about the development stages of a human being from a single cell all the way up to an adult. And one of the traits that I there's
1: no way it could have happened naturally, right?
2: No, no. One of the traits that I want to point to is the presence of a complete set of building instructions before the building is actually built, like the presence of a complete set of DNA instructions in the first cell, Right. that to me is akin to an architect sitting down and drawing up a building plan. And then the building (laughs) is built according to the plan. To me, that is... That is evidence, or you can infer from that, intentionality. That That's is, not evidence of intentionality.
0: Structure. And the problem with what you're if talking about, the, the instructions problem with the you know claim you're making...
2: You can see the building before
0: it's actually built. No, you
1: can't. It's not a blueprint. You
0: don't think you can?
1: No, it's right. not a blueprint. The, the, not
0: a blueprint. The problem, the the problem with the claim off. that you're making is that in our uh, in our observation of DNA... Intelligence is actually the end result of a very long sequence uh, uh, of transformation and evolution over time, which began originally, uh, from what we understand of the evolution of life at this point, began so you know, with, with some much more basic cell. forms. Do I personally so you know, know every DNA detail of the, of the DNA of the first cell? No.
2: Well, then that's you have to know that in order to say what you just said
1: well no. the, the the parents created the dna of the of the cell right from their dna the No, he's talking about the, the very first, first cell came in,
0: on, on the, Darwinian yeah. model. the first self replicator the, the first single cell organism yeah, right? no, the first self replicator was not itself a cell cells themselves okay, well, the evolved through a series okay now we're talking because the first self replicator from and bear in mind that I'm a layman and am not. Well, I mean, a, I
2: am too. We're talking right. about concepts here.
0: Sure. Uh, but I mean, from what I've read, my understanding, is, and, and there are a variety of hypotheses about abiogenesis, which is the generation of life. Um, yes. but. Uh, there are these things which are basically co- referred to as autocatalytic cycles, which means that mm-hmm. uh, uh, when a certain group of chemicals are present, uh, they lead to chemical reactions, which eventually uh, loop around and generate more of the original chemicals, which allows for a self-sustaining replicating a chain reaction as long as there is information, uh, or as long as there are, is enough raw uh, you materials said it, you present.
2: You said it. You said, it. <laughs> you said information, but I'm following. I meant
0: raw materials.
4: Okay, go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, and the cell as we actually know it now, which, ha- which has boy, I was terrible in biology so I'm going to screw this up. Sorry <laughs> biologists <laughs> But the cell as we know it now, which has like a nucleus and an outer layer and stuff like that, yep. was not the first self self replicating process. Okay. Okay. But what I was getting at originally is that after all those incredibly complicated uh uh steps happened over the process of billions of years, the first intelligent life forms only arose Eventually, when things had gotten advanced enough that uh, that some sort of intentionality turned out to be advantageous in some way. And the problem is... And you know
2: this for a fact.
0: Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, a biologist. i trying
2: to make sure you're not just right. telling me an interesting story here.
0: Because no, I'm not just telling you an interesting in story. Claim, <laughs> it seems to
2: me that in order to make the claim that these appearances of intentionality in higher creatures only arose later, well, you would have to know okay. a fact in the history in the we're, in
1: we're talking the history about notochords and nervous systems right. and, and muscles I mean, and these sorts of things, do. right? Yeah.
0: Are, are, are you saying okay. would you agree with me that, uh, that uh, intelligence in uh, life on earth didn't pop up until pretty late in the game would you agree that early on there was no intelligent physical life on Earth?
2: Well, no, I wouldn't agree with you because oh, I don't are you going to gonna go for the young Earth creation Adam and Darwinism Eve thing? In the sense, but I'm willing to talk about it. Okay, I mean, I think God created life. I think that God put it there.
0: How long for ago? Us.
2: Well, I Good. mean to tell you the honest to God truth, I see problems in the uh, radiometric dating. I see assumptions okay. to it that I don't. <laughs> okay. So, really about not, about how long ago himself. would you say? Well, from the source of authority that I have, a little better than six thousand years.
0: Okay, that's really, really unsupported. Even a lot of like, yeah, even a lot of Christians uh, who take their religion very seriously cannot take that seriously. Like. We can get into that if you want, but that's in, like, stark disagreement well, I mean, we, with pretty much everything that modern cosmologists and biologists and stuff like that think. So Geology, we're not, well, I mean, we're not I, just talking about the requirements Astronomy. of intelligence <laughs> anymore. We're talking about complete denial I mean, I have of have basic understanding we have.
2: Well, I mean, I have reasons for believing as. I'm sure you that. do. I have reasons for not <laughs> believing the alternative methods. And, I mean, Uh if if you want to talk all day long, we can talk about that. But the reason why I called, and I think it's inherent in these alternative methods, is you're trying to explain what appears to be a miracle using naturalistic terms, and it's giving you these alternative methods.
0: I don't believe it looks like a miracle.
2: Well, I mean, and I believe it does. But my point is, the scientific method is a very particular method that seeks out mere naturalistic interpretations
1: of it, 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 it is open to when whatever evidence is there it is not a biased thing like you're saying it's not a it's not a conspiracy it's open to whatever evidence I mean, you guys it, provide it, if you if you guys have evidence for this magical stuff bring it out Let, let's hear it well all I mean, you've given us is arguments for ignorance i don't understand x therefore god did it and that's all. Well, that's well, all that's I'm perfect. hearing. I mean, your your last argument, pretty argument, much.
2: I'm inferring from what I see and saying, okay, okay. Yeah, you're making you're making
1: bad inferences, in this though.
2: Aspect. I think, right. like in the beginning of the universe, I don't think that being can arise from
0: non-being.
2: That's an, from an argument from
1: ignorance.
0: That's your opinion.
1: That's an argument from ignorance. Are you familiar with uh, the logical like, you know, fallacy of the argument how from is ignorance?
0: An argument I don't get how
2: it's an argument of ignorance when it's the experience that we have.
1: It's, in it's a it's science a it's a term called the possibly. argument from ignorance, and it and it means yeah. that I'm saying that I don't know a particular thing, therefore I'm going to insert a, as I'm going to assert as as fact some explanation right. for That's it on without evidence. That we
2: everything that we observe has a cause. Everything. That's why science works. It's not an argument. No, no, argument. that's not true. It's an argument from Ra- our own experience.
1: Radiometric decay is uncaused, quantum quantum level events are uncaused. And so your 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 armchair understanding of physics has always has a cause, but that's not how the universe works.
2: So there's what are you talking about uh, in right. in the quantum world? Stuff that's uncaused. Are you talking about virtual particles?
1: Yes, and and uh um well, I mean, first of radiometric all, decay, I, I for know, example, spontaneous state changes. The person whom I'm talking to,
0: I'm not a. Oh, this is I'm not gone. a expert. Oh. Are you an expert?
1: I'm a PhD in computer science, and I'm right. pretty scientifically we're literate.
0: We're both computer nerds, but okay, we are. But we, good we are both laymen. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, okay, we're both laymen. Well, I mean, okay. I've read up some on the virtual particles, but because but, but this
1: this notion of this armchair notion of causality is false that you're assuming. You're, you're trying to unwind yeah. and get back to, hey, there's a first cause. It must be Jesus or on God what or whatever it is. To...
2: Well, I mean, on what grounds do you, do you say that it's false, though?
0: Well, you're right, making a false. We
1: have the standard model of, of, uh, of, of uh, quantum mechanics that has been verified seven ways from Sunday.
0: Well, and I mean, there's so also a problem which that. You interpretation
2: of quantum mechanics out of the nine is true that corresponds to reality? That's what you're telling me. Say no. it again. So you know which interpretation of quantum mechanics out of the nine possible ones actually corresponds to reality? Is that what you're telling me?
1: Those models, you know, are, are either have they're been all or have
0: verified.
1: Okay, well then they're all better than what you're proposing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> The the no, thing is, you like seem to have. Bad, I mean, I agree, with, I agree. I agree with that you that it's do. important to have high standards yeah. of okay. evidence when it comes to yeah. uh inter- okay. I, I You know, the reason why there are multiple different interpretations of quantum mechanics is because we don't. You know, scientists understand that we do not have enough information yet to narrow it down among the ones that we have. But you, there seems to be a and bit I of a I agree with
2: you. I agree right. with you with that statement. But, that but there that seems to be a bit of a double
0: standard going on because when it comes to God, it seems like the only thing that you need is, my God explains this thing. So it's magic. No, that's not I, how... I that, mean, some people you, may do that. I'm you, not I'm saying that some people don't You do made that. the point... But
2: what I am saying is I right. look at creation and I see that it is warranted to infer a creator...
0: That's special that, pleading, that, though. A minute ago, you were saying that the that the problem is that there, uh, that everything that we observe doesn't have a cause. But you're also, I mean, has to have a cause. But you're also making up this observe. special category uh, called God, which you assert doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a cause. So not only are you invoking something that we definitely haven't observed, by what you just said, but you're also giving yourself the freedom to define it in whatever way you want. And uh, well, I don't think you know. so.
2: I mean, I think I'm yeah. looking at the effect, and I'm drawing some conclusions about what could have preceded that. Based on the, if all space, time, and matter and energy came into being at the Big Bang,
0: mm-hmm. then
2: obviously God isn't made out of matter, or God doesn't.
0: Uh, you can't say obviously God is anything you until you have demonstrated that the God that exists. Made out
2: of matter, or you could say that what preceded our universe isn't made out of matter or
0: conforms to our All time. All right, you could say that. That would be a hypothesis. But I'm
1: curious how you get to this creator God oh, okay. from this creator God to, uh, you know, uh, Jesus died on the cross and yeah. and uh, we got to kill the Jews and these sorts of things.
2: Well, no, I don't. I, well, I don't think that we do have to kill the Jews. I think that my form of Christianity isn't the equivalent of all forms of Christianity because there is different beliefs, just like are, there is within know. any other religion in the world, and there is within the scientific community. There's different theories about the same right. thing. Um, so, I'm not going to try to advocate for somebody else's version of Christianity. Right. I mean, how do I get back to my God, the Christian God? Is that what you're asking from what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you went you left from creator to. You know, I'm going to be saved in the afterlife uh, yeah. and all this stuff, right?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I I have so to interject that we, on the authority of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think he
2: finishes off the argument. No, I mean, you're left with okay. 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 At least I'm left with okay. I, there is a creator.
0: Yeah, I have to Eastern interject God at this point that that we are halfway through the show at <laughs> oh, this point. No, okay. <laughs> and well, I
2: mean, I don't want to take up your whole show right. or anything. So if you need to end the conversation, go ahead. And, uh, uh, I you know, there, I'm, was, there was a guy on YouTube wanted me to call up and talk to you guys. Okay, that's,
0: that's okay. It's been a pleasant experience. Well, well I'm enjoying right. the The this conversation conversation i know some people get antsy if we take uh too long on one caller uh but i want to say uh i appreciate your call and uh i think it's been interesting and you're welcome to call back
2: Uh, and i appreciate you guys letting me call um i hope you guys have a good day
0: You too. thanks take care talk to you again sometime maybe bye
2: yeah yeah definitely
0: okay uh whew. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go to Lucas in uh Hamilton. Ontario. Uh Ontario. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, uh, oh um, yeah, Lucas. Hello. Is that you? Hey there, Hello. welcome. What do you got?
3: Hi. Yep. Hi. Go.
1: He's, he's got a little um, of delay I
3: guess I was just wondering who you
4: guys think uh, Jesus was as a
0: person hello um, yeah we we've got a little lag here so hello? we're gonna have to talk one at a time um, but uh, who we think Jesus was as a person uh, okay uh- I know a lot of people uh, Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who are convinced that the uh, mythicist position is correct. Uh, I have a lot of respect for um, David David Fitzgerald and Richard Carrier, and I think their work is worth checking out. Uh, That said, I don't think that, uh, I I mean, I think that the existence of Jesus as a person tends to be considered uh, mainstream history. Uh, But in spite of that, there's almost nothing else you can say about Jesus uh, with any degree of confidence because, uh, you know, the, all the stuff that's written in the Bible about being born of a virgin and uh, walking on water and doing the loaves and the fishes thing and coming back from the dead, that's all just stories that people have been telling each other for a long time. Uh, and there's very little original writing detailing uh Uh, very reliable information about the life and actions of this Jesus guy. So I tend to just shrug and accept the idea that there was probably a real guy that he's based on, according to a lot of historians, Um, but the Bible is probably wildly inaccurate, and it's hard to say anything definite. Don?
1: Well, we can let him respond. Yeah.
5: Really...
4: Um, yeah, I, I would probably agree with you on that. I, I guess I, w- what you hear a lot from, like, apologists, I guess, and stuff like that is, like, why would, you know, the, they, they use women as the, you know, the eyewitness accounts, uh, the testimony? Uh, like, it isn't all the stories and all the different accounts, doesn't that suggest that, you know, something was happening there?
0: No. No. <laughs>
1: It, the, the, we, we, our best understanding is that they're, they're derivative works, and that they went off in different directions, and they're completely inconsistent with each other. And um, you know, if if you want to, if you want to assert something miraculous happened, you need to have independent evidence, not not derivative works, and not contradictory evidence. And and that's not what we have there.
3: Right.
4: Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I guess I was just wondering you guys' take on it, and
0: uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for calling that. Yeah, I think
1: we should move on because <laughs> the delay okay, is a little you. awkward.
0: Right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, just a mention from the call screener that we uh, that we had a caller who wasn't uh, willing to uh, talk on the air, but uh, she was an anonymous ex-Muslim living in the Middle East, who wanted to tell us that we're doing good work and we should keep it up. Okay. That's always uh, nice to hear. Thank you, Anonymous ex Muslim. Uh, Stay safe.
1: Yes, yes. That's a tough tough road to hoe.
0: Yeah. Uh, So we have Mark in Tucson, Arizona. Hello. Hi.
5: Hi. I am a, an, an atheist, but I am also a super-atheist that happens to believe in super-immortality. What, what, super... <laughs> <Excuse me? laughs> super what are your powers? Excuse me?
0: If you're a super-atheist, what are your powers? got uh, heat vision?
5: my power is, is I believe in super-immortality.
0: Oh, what does okay. that
5: mean? I... Uh, that just means that you believe that uh, what produces the consciousness that we are made of is the structure and functioning of matter rather than the... Uh, um, the body so you can okay. you know it's a property of of the body as the structure and functioning of it and that's one thing that can be duplicated okay that so you can't you maybe can duplicate the body but uh, only in specific uh, singular ways
1: so, are we talking to like the the Star Trek transporter sort of thing? Is that is that what we're talking about?
5: Uh, not well, sort of, but not necessarily, uh, because you know, if you're a body person, if you're transported, you're obviously killed when you're transported, because no, you're not your according to not some episodes. Maybe the matter is, that you're. You know, it depends upon how the transportation is made.
0: Okay. Anyway, just just think, to be yeah, clear, yeah. are you saying that we could do this right now, or are you saying that hypothetically, theoretically, we could do it someday in the future?
5: Uh, no, I'm just saying that the probability that you can exist in the future, uh, or in the past, or any particular time, is is a reality. What? So when <laughs> you guys say, "Well, Prove
0: you're
5: it. dead and..." And that's the end of it. Uh, that's not a true statement.
0: Uh, okay, can you demonstrate this? Like, can't
5: um, news to me. In uh, twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, I've had an extensive discussion with uh, several people about that. With a bunch of different demonstrations. I don't know if you saw that. Saw um,
0: no. <laughs> we never heard of you.
5: Uh, yeah, well, you know what 2015 is? It's when you talked back on the 15th of, uh, oh no, it was, uh, the 20th. Oh, you called into the show. episode of uh, year 20.
1: You called into the show.
5: Yes, I did at that particular time. Okay. Unfortunately, my phone just died. I'm in the middle of a discussion with you.
0: Okay. And then
5: I noticed that another person called up Bard, uh, from Australia uh, the next week, saying that he was a, an atheist, but however he believed that uh,
0: life after death was possible. So okay, so have, a lot of people say things. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah we're you, still fishing what, for evidence.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what um, if, if you've ever studied the, the body or personality theory, of consciousness there's just all sorts of problems with a the body theory and the personality theory.
1: Okay. So if I if no I take away your head do you do you do you still exist? Do you, does your personality still exist?
5: So when you die obviously your body's not producing your consciousness anymore, correct?
1: We producing, that, right? Well, do you agree that if if your your your, your body, body is, dies and your mind dies yeah. and the mental processes in your mind stop working and then consciousness stops,
0: right?
5: Absolutely, we agree with that. And -hmm. there's no supernatural souls or anything like that going on. Right. We both agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And? Uh, Well, the question is, is under what conditions can you restore the body to a position that will be producing a consciousness
1: that you
0: experience. Well, this uh, sounds I like science fiction to me. Yeah, I mean, I personally love science fiction, and uh, <laughs> as, as a computer guy, I think it would be super cool if we could reproduce a mind in a computer, and I've read tons of stories about no, it. No,
5: I'm not talking about a computer. I'm just okay. talking about what would it take... To do uh, to restore the body. I mean, people have died for 20 minutes, and they are restored because their breathing is restored and their heart was re- restored.
0: I'm skeptical about using the word "died" in that circumstance. But I mean, well, I, I feel I like that's a linguistic be issue. You restored
5: your life, and you never died to begin with.
0: Huh?
5: Is that what you believe?
0: Um, kind of.
5: I mean, Bard, um, the Australian guy, he said that imagine the case that you're frozen and all the atoms in your body are spread out through the universe and then they come back together again. And uh, uh, Matt said, well, if all that happens, you know, you really never die to begin
0: with. Well, I I mean, I would. The d- evidence that like- you
5: have to have the same matter. Uh, many people have said, "Well, most of the matter in your body has been replaced in ten years right. so,
0: i would well, I would agree that in mind. a hypothetical sci fi way, if you manage to reconstruct a perfect uh, uh, duplicate of uh, of the brain or the patterns in the brain in some other medium, uh, then the same consciousness would continue on and also uh you know, I can imagine a scenario where the person died and then their brain at the death state was reproduced. Again, all science fiction stuff that we have no way of knowing at this point, if it's really possible, uh, but I agree that it's cool to think oh, about, actually, and that's it. Actually,
5: there is a lot of proof uh, for that without oh, yeah? going into the science fiction of it. So, I, so you have I a long list of people I... that
1: have been rehydrated? <laughs>
5: Uh, rehydrated or, or, or re- uh, reju- rejuvenated,
1: whatever, whatever you want to, whatever word.
5: Um, not necessarily, but just because it hasn't happened, uh, doesn't mean that it's a, it's, it's. You know, super immortality does not guarantee that you will ever exist again. All it does is is show uh, that the probability.
0: Of it happening increases the more so, we so, know.
1: So this is this is a probabilistic sort of
0: argument. Yeah, why what you're are giving. you calling this super why, immortality? Uh, it sounds probably lamer probably than probably regular immortality.
5: I mean, when the when the uh, weatherman predicts his weather, he says, "Well, there's a 50% chance of rain today, or 10% yeah. or whatever." And when the uh, quantum mechanic uh, person or the physicist says, "Well, there's." A 10% chance that you're going to find the atom, I mean, let's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. around this atom. I, I, hey, this listen, area. hang that's on, hang on a minute, statement. hang
0: on. <laughs> yeah. yes. Why are you using the term super immortality for this? It sounds a lot less exciting than just regular immortality.
5: Well, because we have control of it. Uh, that's one thing. We do? What? What? what are, are you talking of, about?
0: Uh, what What do you mean? Well, first of all... We have all, control... If, wait, if wait, can- wait, wait, wait. We have control of it? Like, are you saying that we can make people immortal right now? Uh,
5: no, I'm saying people are already super immortal. What?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, if, if you <laughs> And want again, to is this super immortality <laughs> this better than being regular immortal? Could Wouldn't it be nicer to just continue... much better than being regular immortal. Why? <laughs> I would like so to just because, maintain. First of all, I would just you, like to be plain old immortal and live forever. I think that would be way yeah, better. Vanilla than immortal this, would be than than just fine.
1: Yeah. Immortal. I don't think you
5: really want to be immortal because uh, you have to look it up on the internet. Everyone has all sorts of reasons you don't want to be immortal. Because yeah,
0: I've seen the Highlander, daily. but
5: <laughs> immortality doesn't require that at all. Uh, because okay, I still don't, don't get about what it the is. Structure and functioning of the brain and matter. If you duplicate it 50 million years from now, uh, it'll be producing the behavior that it, it exists now. But if you produce the uh, the structure and function when you're 10 years old, you will produce that consciousness, not, okay. not the one you have now. I,
0: I would you have to say that that wouldn't feel future. to me... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I, I would have to say that that wouldn't feel to me like being immortal at all. It would feel, I mean, again, hypothetically, it would just feel like hey, I was 10 years old in uh, 1984 and, oh shit, it's 2,574 and, uh, you know, I'm still a 10-year-old and I'm confused in this strange new world that's happening. That doesn't seem yeah, well, that like n- you would any kind of good that immortality.
5: New that's why it's super immortality because... There are that sounds awful of structures and functionings <laughs> that 'll produce a consciousness that you 'll experience isn 't immortality all about
0: experience and a consciousness that um, that that, uh, that, that wouldn 't be me i mean i would i in doing that uh, if that could even happen, I would have lost all the experiences that i 've had for the last thirty years i 'd basically I mean, it, yeah, w- it would basically be would, a different person that's, that's starting from you the. You wouldn't experience it from then on at a different life with a bunch of different experiences. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah computer science that, that'd be called a this, checkpoint. a <laughs> uh, person trans-
5: going through life, you can experience multiple different things. You know, but would I re- age, would
0: I remember can... any of the past things that I'd done?
5: Yeah, when you're ten years old, all of them. <laughs>
0: But how is this any better from just somebody else it living? It be an
5: exact duplication that, of you 5 years in the future of you. Yeah, right
0: that now. doesn't seem you like immortality really to me. That just seems like living Okay, we're talking over each other too much. This is getting too much. I'm going to have to All I'm going right, to have John. to end this. Okay.
1: <laughs> Don. Thanks thanks for your call. <laughs> Take care. Uh, All
5: thank right. you very much. For taking it. I hope you guys, yeah. have a good day and you have a great show.
1: Okay. I <laughs> We've got a couple open lines if right. folks, oh, folks yeah, want to call in.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, and we always want to encourage more Theists to call in because we might give you half the show to talk to us. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you could be a star.
0: Yeah, as you can see, <laughs> we love conversations with Theists. And sometimes I'm not sure what irritates me more—the uh, stream. Uh, I, I mean, you know, somebody who has some kind of wildly unscientific point of view, like young Earth creationism, or the various atheists who who want to get in touch and ramble about their uh, Pet theories <laughs> about the stuff that they came up with when they were high. <laughs> oops uh okay <laughs> I, let's take another let's call me, we get think? a lot of email like that too and i'm <laughs> yeah. just saying uh anyway uh who's next line five is uh thomas from australia welcome thomas
6: hello hi I can you hear me yes yeah oh, what's up fantastic how, how are you guys doing i'm great thanks good um uh, I guess uh, I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of those people that's uh, giving you my my pet theory. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I have I have spent quite a bit of time trying to uh, think through and understand how um, some people uh, come to the conclusions that they do. Um, I'm a fairly uh, confirmed atheist, mm-hmm. and one of the things I've noticed is a, a seamless transition between what's real and uh, and what's imaginary. Uh, and how this can be used uh, by theists to uh, to justify uh, their belief.
1: Ah, I see. Mm, okay. So, so, so you, you're thinking that uh, theists don't don't have a, a crisp
6: delineation between the two. Um, I guess th- there's two things. One, if you look at the way people uh, prove what they believe, um, I, I guess the um, the best way to prove something would be to take a look at all the evidence and see what conclusion that points to. Uh, Whereas uh, somebody who's a presuppositionalist would uh, already have the conclusion. And if they find a piece of evidence that confirms it, they simply hang it on the the proof that they already have. And when you look at uh, a lot of concepts, I mean, something like uh, the expression, everything that's real in, in the universe. You know, there are things that are real in the universe, but the concept of everything that's real in the universe is still just a concept. And if you start to work with that in a proof, it is still a concept. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is they've shifted from something that's real to a concept of things that's real uh, seamlessly without actually recognizing that they've done that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's what, that's one of the reasons why uh, a, a lot of times when I give advice to people who are parents and trying to figure out how to uh, raise skeptical kids, I... Uh, often mention that one of the most important early lessons is not telling them what you think about God, but um, getting getting them comfortable with the idea of distinguishing between real things and pretend things and understanding that some of the stuff that you see on TV, like Barack Obama... Uh, seem far away, but that but they are real in some sense. And some of the other things that you see on TV, like let's say Captain America, uh, <laughs> are are made up and being and being portrayed. And I think uh, you know there are a lot of things you might read to your kids that uh, that are based in reality or not based in reality. And trying to get them to understand the difference between those things is I always say one of the first steps towards raising skeptical and maybe atheistic kids yeah I, I think uh,
6: absolutely uh, uh, I think yours might be a bit younger than mine mine are teenagers now and mine the, uh... is
0: just about to turn 14 so
6: <laughs> okay but the the, um, the issues become more refined and become uh, more difficult to distinguish as, as you get older.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, but even concepts like infinity, um, infinity is right. often used in people's arguments. Um, and infinity is a concept that does not exist in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the same with possibility. Um, so a lot of proofs, I mean, Anselm's uh, ontological argument, mm-hmm. even the mathematical proof that Chris Langen came up with, oh, all, yeah, that uh, suffered from this, where they slipped into the imaginary and then used that as a proof.
1: Yeah, and I think there's some other things at play here. One, one is um, people tend to be lazy, and they tend to want to just um, believe what they're told and not, not go in and independently investigate it and not learn Absolutely. the things necessary to do that. Um, yeah. uh, there may be wishful thinking involved uh there may be uh, too much of a trusting nature um, maybe maybe a, I think at the root of my skepticism is that I, I don't want to be duped and I don't want to be you know taken advantage of mm-hmm. and so I you know use my, my my mental mental facilities to try to avoid that. Um, it's not that I'm paranoid about it. It's just something that uh, you know I try not try not to do so, uh, there's a lot of factors here uh it's not uh, and and you're getting into some abstract thinking too that i think is very difficult for some people and and some of these uh some of these bogus arguments i think uh, take advantage of the fact that people can't make these distinctions between abstract and concrete concepts and these sorts of things
6: um yeah there's some neurological studies also showed that imagining something uh, and actually doing the same thing elicit very similar physical, mental, and emotional reactions. So um, eating something that's rotten and thinking about eating something that's rotten use the same parts of the brain and uh, give you the same physical reactions. So again, it's, it can be difficult to distinguish between them. Um, other studies show that our memory is very fallible um, so that you can uh, tell somebody to think about doing something and later on ask them whether they really did it. Um, and they'll tell you honestly that they really did. Uh, yes. So again, yes. between those two, uh, the being able to distinguish between the imaginary and, and the the really real can be extraordinarily difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're definitely right. It's, it's hard for kids, and it's still hard for some adults. And also yep. that that's compounded by the fact that um, as you grow up, you also get exposed to more difficult and complicated concepts. So like. Just when you're entering middle school and you kind of think you've got everything figured out, um, you know, you you start gradually uh, opening up to the idea that like uh, some numbers are irrational, for instance, and and you know, yeah. taking the square root of negative one kind of conflicts with all the straightforward math that you've got a grip on for all this time, and some of the things that they teach about American history. Are oversimplified, or well, you're in Australia, so right. so different. But I mean, right. <laughs> you know, a lot of kids here learn that Columbus was trying to prove that the earth that the world was uh, not flat, and that is a blatant lie. <laughs> and a lot of people get exposed to the dark side of American culture, like uh, slavery and subjugation of the natives, and then a lot of the stuff that we understood about. Uh, the straightforward stuff about science gradually gives way to this much more nuanced approach right,
6: right. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and... the simple answer that's right
0: yeah so um, so it actually gets harder as you get older past a certain point
6: and so you have to keep an open mind to um, uh, to be able to, to change your view of what's true right yeah. Look, that was my main point. Uh, Yeah, and if I can uh, bring this back to
0: religion, you know, fundamentally what religion is, is a great big I told you so, which is... Or just so story, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect way, uh, I mean, not I told you so, but because I said so, is what I was trying to say. Because Uh,
6: I said so. Well, both of them probably.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it gets to... you know, it says it in this book, and you should believe whatever it says in this book. And, and don't uh, don't
1: hurt your pretty little head thinking about
0: it, right? And, and don't listen to the. And people who do,
1: God tell will because <laughs> <it's not true.
0: laughs>
6: that's bad. Yeah, but it can be clever as well. I mean, when by the time you start using imaginary concepts, so you know, if if the universe is infinite, is there a possibility uh, that God exists? You've just moved into the imaginary. Yeah. And as long as you get a yes to that question, um then that justifies your belief and can actually, you know, consolidate uh your confidence. And yeah. I think that's why uh you see the two sides not really moving closer together. Uh yeah. Okay. Well, thanks thanks for oh, your indeed. insights. Other, okay, guys. Uh, the other bugbear I had was just the use of random chance or luck. Uh, in, <laughs> oh, I hate no that. Yeah. It
1: drives me crazy. Right. Yeah, I, know.
6: <laughs> I think they should be called out like a like a red card in uh, in soccer. You should call it out at uh, debates and say it's uh, a foul. That's, That's you know, right. You... <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. okay, okay thanks. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. All you right. too. See ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, not sure what the priority is right now, so I'll just go with the uh, person who's been on for a really long time, yeah. and that would be David in Los Angeles. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for waiting.
3: Yeah, no problem. Um, thanks for taking my call. I know you don't prefer uh, atheists calling, but um, I'll try and keep this short because I, I prefer listening to when you uh, interact with theists. It's always more fun. Okay. Yeah. But uh, first of all, I want to say thanks to you guys. I love your show. I've been watching it for a couple of years now. I've watched pretty much everyone that's been uh, posted online. We're and, sorry.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> that's, I, a, no, I, that's a lot of video. Yeah, okay. Thank, you know, thanks probably, for watching. Yeah, no, I, I love. I love listening to. Try and my point is, let me get to the point I'm calling about. Yeah. I, I'm a very open, vocal atheist.
0: Mm-hmm. All Good. My
3: friends know it, and I've pissed off a lot of them.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it goes with um, the territory yeah. sometimes, right?
3: Yeah. I have no problem with that. I've always, you know, uh, it's what I'm going to say is, is bothering you. I guess you don't have to listen. Well, anyway, I don't get to that point. But my question is, is you know, I try and do a lot of what's wrong with the logic of God, post things on Facebook. I post a lot on Facebook, and I'm pointing out slavery, which, of course, is mass go-to and a lot of people go to mine as well. I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, just like a theist would try and spread the word, I'm trying to spread the atheist word. And have people think with uh, rational logic, and, and 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 I try asking, um, you know, and my friends, my my best friend, for example, said to me, "Well, you know, you're preaching to the choir, and why don't you just, uh, you know, your quote unquote, your admiral enthusiasm would be best served if shared with others looking to make a difference in their circle." And my response was, and my response was, "Well, then I'm." the other person in the other circle that somebody else is preaching to, and I'm trying to do the best in my circle, so I put within my circle of friends on Facebook to try and get the ones that are theists to think for themselves, but I guess I piss a lot of people off, so my question is, is, what's a better way, and by the way, Kevin, the call screener, told me about the street epistemology site, which I've been looking up while I've been on hold, and it looks mm-hmm. for like a good source, okay. but what would you say cool. is a way to open, open up a conversation, you know, so that theists will engage because it seems like they don't engage. I ask a logical question and there's usually no response or they of course change the subject and the typical stuff, but I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm a frustrated. I, atheist.
0: I'm, I'm going to be crude for a second. I think that, uh, that arguments with theists should be approached the same way, uh, that, that you approach, uh, wanting to have sex with somebody, which is, uh, first thing on your mind should be consent. <laughs> okay right so uh, you know it it can be uh, fun and mutually satisfying for two people to argue with each other um, but uh, not when, everybody enjoys it right
1: It'd be uh, a safe right. word yeah
0: but, so uh, you know, if you if you go around, I, I mean, you should always turn it around and think to yourself: How would I feel if somebody were approaching me this way? Like when somebody jumps up and accosts you on the street uh, and says, "Hey, accept Jesus right now!" Uh, you know, may, you're probably the kind of person who would be who would love a challenge and get interested in engaging with them, but True. you might also. Feel like, God, this person is being kind of obnoxious to people who are just... Most people would be shields up, shields up, red alert. Uh, And, you know, you should consider that in your approach to other people, which is why in a lot of the way that I approach people in the day-to-day life is first, you know, it's all a lot of social interaction. It's like uh, gauge their interest and and kind of approach the topic gradually and try to figure out along the way does this seem like the kind of person who would uh, you know be open to this kind of conversation and uh, you know going along the same line of consent uh, when you decide it's time to broach that topic you should also uh, you know ask permission (laughs) Be like, hey, I'm an atheist, Uh, I don't believe the stuff you're saying, we don't have to talk about that if you don't want to, but are you interested in hearing what I have to say? And every conversation needs to be tailored to the person that you're talking to or the person that you're trying to reach. So when we're doing this show, we know we've got a lot of atheists out there who are tuning in just to listen to us. So. By and large, I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, barging into people's homes uninvited. They're seeking out the show of their own accord. And the people who are calling in, they're calling us. They decided to talk to us. They're
1: self selecting. Right.
0: When you're dealing with day to day interactions, like in some circumstances, like at your workplace, it might not be appropriate at all. Maybe you should just consider giving that a pass.
3: Something like let's focus on something like Facebook where I have okay. a group of obviously my friends that see my posts and mm-hmm. you know, I might ask a question on there like uh I don't know. I don't know, this is probably <laughs> gonna be taken as an obnoxious question, but when somebody uh when you know, I say, Oh, this plane I, I saw this article that this plane crashed and somebody's you know, uh, he survived, and they're saying, you know, thank God that God saved the baby. And I'm like, what about the God that killed all those other people and caused the plane to crash? Which God are you thanking? The one that caused the plane to crash? No, oh, I, 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 think I
1: think that's perfectly appropriate. You know, I was going to answer your question a little bit different way. I was going to say okay. that that a lot of a lot of uh, theists are not. Are not really um, prepared to have a debate or or intellectual conversation about their religion yeah, because
3: that, that's, that's frustrating. because
1: they they you know took it took it up as a kid and it's part of the the sort of the culture they grew up in and they never have really thought about it and in, in a took took it out and thought about it as an abstract thing uh, away from it and and uh, there's a lot of emotion associated with it where people. When they have their religious beliefs challenged, they think that you're attacking them uh, because it's so much of a part of their uh, their identity, and these sorts of things. Sure. So, so those are some of the the, the sort of pitfalls of, of of interjecting those sorts of conversations. I think questions and humor are are, are great approaches, and you, mm-hmm. you you need to find a style that's going to work for you. Uh, humor is great because you can, you can make a joke that gets under the radar and gets under the, yeah. the people digging their heels in and makes the point and gets people thinking without even necessarily, uh, throwing, throwing a bomb at them or anything. Uh, questions are good right. too because, you know, questions sort of demand an answer and, and they may get somebody thinking. Don't, don't expect any epiphanies, uh, because, right. you know, the path to atheism is often a very long one for a lot of folks.
3: Yeah, that's true. Right, which is why I I continue to post the things I do, because I figured if if they haven't blocked me yet, maybe they're looking, and sooner or later something will click. Right, and
0: I mean, you can always tell them, like, if somebody is acting pissed off at you, like, you know, you post too much atheist stuff, uh, I find that when somebody is annoyed by me, it's more constructive to private message them and not have an argument in front of everybody and say, hey – uh, I'm an atheist. I post a lot of atheist stuff. If that bothers you, there's an unfollow button. Uh, but I <laughs> right. would welcome any conversation that you have about this topic any time. Uh, and right. also, you know, if you're going to post on other people's walls, not everything has to be like – you know, sort of a sarcastic comment. Like, although we
1: do love those,
3: <laughs> we,
0: we do. But it takes it takes a certain kind of friend not to block you when that happens. Um, yeah,
3: and I admit that I, I admit that I could be definitely be on the sarcastic side. Right. You know, I, I mean, and lack of logic.
0: <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of religion is based on kind of the the. Uh, being sanguine about everybody, you know, this thing is just right and it's true and all reasonable people should agree with me. And sometimes just jumping into what they're saying and and, and saying, hey, I don't think that's true, can be enough to rattle them without uh, yeah, making is. them blow um, you away. That,
3: that's the problem. They're so easily rattled. And like you said, I, mean, yeah. I understand the studies that show that if you ask somebody a question about their god – that the answer comes from the brain that you know involves their personal beliefs. So you're insulting them; they're immediately hit back, and they shut down, change the, show. you know, do all the typical things theists do, and yeah, it's just so. I mean, obviously, you guys live this every day, every week, or every week at least. You know, it's just so frustrating for me, you know, to see the world through the eyes, yeah, yeah. through the eyes of an of an atheist. The the the, the word the, the world of the theists is just so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're well, doing the
1: right thing of being visible, and right. um, I think that that's what it's going to take—a lot of atheists being visible—to uh, to really turn the tide. And
3: you know, and that's you, exactly what I tell my friends when they're them off on Facebook. I say, "Look, you know, it, it's just it, the, the tide's got to turn," like you said. And the only way it's going to happen is by people being out there. Sorry if I piss people off, but if that's what it takes to get them to hopefully see or think.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can tell those friends who are already atheists and think you're preaching to the choir the exact same thing you tell the theist friends, which is, uh, you know, I enjoy posting stuff like this, and I d- enjoy the discussion that comes out of it. So if you don't like it, then you should unfollow me because I'm going to keep doing it. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's always a little bit of give and take because you always want to actually, I mean, you know. It, the kind of thing you're trying to accomplish it seems like you do want to rattle them but you need to find yes. the right level where you rattle them just enough to invite the conversation but not right. enough that they block you
3: right that's the hard part sure all right well i'll try humor and i'll look at that website for street epistemology and anything else uh, you can think of i appreciate but um, yeah that was yeah. pretty much it okay thank, thank you that-
1: for your call yeah.
3: And thanks if, a lot guys. Have a great If rest.
0: you go back and Sorry, listen I'm not in to your
3: the video I joined you to Red Hills. <laughs> Okay. <right>. Good night.
0: <laughs> thanks. If you go back and listen to the first call uh, today, uh, you will find that after 45 minutes of us kind of shouting back and forth at each other and and telling each other they're wrong, at the end we still, you know, checked in and we're, we're like, you know, I enjoyed the call. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And that was a productive call cuz that is uh, you know, somebody who will yeah. maybe think about the conversation and, we had. And those
1: are the types of calls we want to have on this show. Right. Right. We, we debate a bit and have, have a cordial disagreement and you know, maybe maybe each side will learn something from the other.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh down to eight minutes. If you uh if you haven't called in yet, you're probably not gonna get on today, just letting you know. Uh and uh so we've got Mark from New York.
4: Hey, Russ, what's up? Hey, Don? Hi. Hey uh, uh, I talked to you before, Russ, when you were on with Jen. I don't okay, know if you remember me. Um, okay, um, it was the endorsements episode, quote unquote, I guess because I rattled on too much about how you guys are awesome. But um <laughs> okay, don't do that again. We suck. I won't. I promise. okay. <laughs> so I have a um a two pronged question uh the first one is kind of a statement that the call screener actually has up on your screen i believe um i don't understand i get in arguments a lot with people i try not to argue anymore i just let them if they disagree i just whatever but if i hear from a lot of people that that that, like christians especially like were persecuted you know that uh throughout history like you know everyone always tries to shut us down because we have like you know the truth and um yeah to me it's hilarious because throughout history like it's been proven to be shown that like atheists and nuns are the ones that are like murdered and you know shut down and constantly burned at
1: the stake or um, whatever
4: right (laughs) because they don't believe in what the other people believe in and whatever king or ruler at the time dictates to be you know the rule of the land that's what gets followed and people are like well you know a lot of people believe it so how it's got to be true. And to me, it's like, yeah, because everyone else gets killed. So of course, a lot of people believe it. And I think it takes a time like now where people have to, um, I don't know, our morals have kind of evolved with us. And um, we really really can't get our heads cut off in the middle of the street for saying that, you know, we don't believe in their fairy tales. Not in (laughs) the U.S., but uh,
1: in a lot of of countries, that's still true, unfortunately.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course.
0: I don't know. I agree with the last caller. It's just frustrating for that kind of stuff. Um, well, I mean, I, just, I, uh, I wouldn't, I would be careful about oversimplifying and saying it's always atheists and unbelievers who are persecuted because it no, is. No, that's why I was going to, that's right. what I was
4: going to say, Russ, is there any books or reading that you can, about the facts of it that you can actually post on the blog that I can um, try and look up or find online? Uh, I mean, I don't I, like spouting stuff that I just don't know much about. I
0: don't know that there's any one book that you can read about the you know about religious persecution. I mean, it tends to happen a lot in oppressive societies that also um, have uh, one religion strongly enforced. So certainly uh, Christians can uh, persecute non-Christians. you have the Crusades. Uh, obviously, it happens a lot uh, that Muslims in strongly Muslim countries uh, persecute. Uh, uh, infidels, and in, in many cases, uh, violently mm-hmm. <laughs> in the modern world, uh, the Jews have come up with, have come up against their fair, like Jews seem to be a perpetual minority in a lot of places, uh, and uh, there's any number of books that you can read about anti-Semitism or the history of anti-Semitism, which, which is I, quite
1: long history.
0: Yes, very very elaborate. And then on the other hand. You know, whenever the topic of modern Israel comes up, I have to uh, walk around it very, very carefully because uh, there are points ab- about how rough the Israelites have it, and there are points about what a uh, right wing government they have that often winds up oppressing non Jews.
4: Um, yeah, Netanyahu's nah, not that great of a guy. There's a pretty but good I website. Mean, um, Go ahead.
0: I'm sorry i'm sorry don um this is a far-reaching topic is what i'm saying it's hard to uh you know you're asking this huge question about sociology right but i mean isn't the
4: anti-semitism like rooted from the same thing as the nuns like their belief system was going against at the time the growing belief system in like the new founded christianity or catholicism stuff perhaps even worse and that
1: and that it was similar but a threat Right, it's like right. a sister religion, or you know, butted off Christianity, butted off from Judaism, yes. and so, so in a way, it was it was a bigger threat in that they had to distinguish themselves uh, from Judaism.
0: Yeah, well, Christ was supposed to be king of the Jews, and here are all these jerk faced Jews going around not accepting Christ, and it's like, well, if they're not <clears throat> saved, how can anybody be saved? Oh no, my eternal soul is in danger. Uh, yeah,
4: well, I mean, it, it, sh- if it. If it exists, it shouldn't be in danger in right. the first place because the person making the rules has the power to to change those. But yeah.
0: so, I, that, I mean, that's stupid to me. I don't personally have much to recommend, but you got to start somewhere. So, if I were you, I think anti-Semitism is as good a topic as any, and I think if you just search for, uh, search on Amazon for uh, the best rated books that cover that topic, that might be a good place to start, and. Uh, you know, And that could get you thinking in a lot of different directions yeah. about uh, uh, how this works in general with the majority group persecuting the minority group in a lot of places.
1: And I would add right. uh, there's a website called religioustolerance.org that's pretty good about mm-hmm. uh, um, chronicling some of the religious intolerance uh, this way or that way. Um, against Christians and, and by Christians and these sorts of things in different groups. Um, they have some pretty good chronologies there.
4: Yeah. All right. I'll definitely get started on that. I mean, I won't take up too much more time, but the, the main reason that I brought that up is because it just, like, dumbfounds me how people can just forget about history and replace it with mythology and automatically think yeah. what nobody's going to see.
0: Right. Um, well, there are know, a lot like of different whole... things to unpack, because on the one hand, we've got... You know arguments about the validity of the basic concept of God, and on the other hand, we have the sociological issue of what happens when you cross the prevailing uh uh dogma
4: right, but I mean, like don't they see that like when you when you repackage something as your own theory that it automatically when it strays from the original theory or hypothesis in this case, doesn't it turn into, like, a completely, totally different thing, and people can't? I mean, that's why there's so many religions, but, for instance, if you have a book, a novel that's based, quote-unquote, on a true story, and then a director gets a hold of that right and makes a movie based <laughs> on the true story.
1: I love all these literary analogies. They're yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like
4: uh, Inherit the Wind. I mean, wind. The Amityville, the Amityville Horror, is that considered, the 2008 remake, is that considered, yeah. like, an actual true story. Right. Let me let, let you know a little secret. Do.
1: The reason the reason it changes so much is there's no objective basis for it <laughs> exactly. to begin with.
0: Uh, oh, hey. I, I was going to mention uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is Inherit the Wind from the 1960s, which is based on a play, which in turn is loosely based on the historical event of the uh, Scopes, Scopes Trial, Scopes trial mm-hmm. in Tennessee over evolution, but uh that movie in itself took a ton of liberties with the actual facts of the case so uh but but it right. still manages to be a cool story that is about important themes anyway uh there, so, yeah i mean
4: there's cool stories but i mean like the, like wouldn't christianity's like countless retold versions of the bible yeah. just be the the bad sequel right, right. to own of the torah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Right. The New Testament is fanfic of the Old Testament. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And uh, I know there's not much time left.
4: I had the one, the second prong I wanted to ask you real quick. This is actually a question, Um, Russell and Don. Um, Okay, so I talked to you last time about how I'm trying to get over um, being angry at CS when I talk to them, like thinking they're stupid and stuff. And I have, for the most part, gotten over that. Now, another problem that I have is like irrational fear. Mm-hmm. like I have like a lot of irrational fears of things for for no reason um like I don't believe in hell obviously I don't think any of that crap exists like I don't believe in vampires or ghosts or anything but I guess because I was brought up and indoctrinated like a lot of it's stuck in my subconscious or psyche so if I like let's say look at the closet in the middle of the night I'm just like like oh crap <laughs> you know like there's something watching me and I get like mm-hmm. an uneasy feeling even though I know for a fact that like well, I don't know for a fact because I can't prove it, but I know that there's nothing in there, you know, with the intent to harm me. But how how do I get over that? Uh,
1: you know, I don't know if there's a there's a pill you can take or whatever. But uh, uh,
0: <laughs> talk to a therapist.
1: Um, um. <laughs> I find that uh, the the talking about it is helpful uh, because um, it it allows you to intellectualize it uh, as opposed to. Sort of be driven by the fears, um, and uh,
4: so that would be one thing to do. Um, Don, you, do you think it's just like my rational imagination, like the whole is there something in the bushes? Evolutionary thing? Oh,
1: sure, or, sure. I, or, you know, I think there's there there may be even an evolutionary basis for for these sorts of things of of being a, a little bit more timid than than is than is, than is necessary. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, But, I mean, I'm not really kidding about talking to a therapist. Like Don said, it can be helpful to talk uh, to somebody about stuff. And if you have a person in your life, uh, like, you know, a spouse or a parent or a sibling who is willing to have those chats with you and just, you know, talk through through the specifics. I mean, you know, we just have a 10-minute call with you, so we can't really work through all this stuff. But uh you know it's not even necessarily that you need advice but you need to get those things out of your head and out into the open with somebody who will listen and be sympathetic and uh you know root for you right
1: and that's actually a yeah, good a good thing to do with a therapist is is to have a particular problem that you want to work on and and you know, you make some progress on it. At some point, you decide, well, I've made enough progress, and then move on. It may may just be a few sessions um, that might be uh, you know something to to
4: work on, and you can right. I mean, because it sounds stupid to me because I've had the conversation with myself, and it's like you know that that's not what's going on. You know that that's not real. Yeah. Like you know, like what you know, and why. Uh are you still allowing your heart rate to you know fasten and your imagination I mean I'm a comic book artist so of course like my mind like goes crazy places. But yeah. it's not like it's not my intent to be like like you know, I, I don't I don't watch like I watch a lot of horror movies too, but it's not like I'm not gonna watch like the grudge, you know, and then next time my sheets move not think it's my cat and think there's like an undead <laughs> girl crawling up under there. Right. You know, it's like I don't I don't naturally go to that place. But then when it does it's it's just like annoying to me some, yeah. of,
0: <laughs> some of us are just cursed with overactive imaginations i'm afraid yep. true all right
1: true. well i'm sorry that's all we have for you on that so yep. I, I i don't know that we have anything more to say on it i'm i'm sorry
4: yeah don't be sorry i mean any advice is good advice right well that's not necessarily true either <laughs> <laughs> <thought> that, but <laughs> from us
1: it's good advice yes
0: yeah. good luck to you
1: <laughs>
4: All right, thanks guys. I'll talk to you later.
0: Take care. And uh, that's our show. I've been uh, I've been asked, and sorry to the few people still left on the line who uh, are not going to get a chance. Try again next week. Uh, somebody asked me to plug the Reason Rally again, so I will. Uh, if you want to go out, go and hang out with. Uh, probably more atheists assembled in one place than you will see at many other points in your life. Uh, It is happening in uh, Washington, D.C., beginning on June 6th. I'll be there. I'm not aware that anyone else... uh, Oh, uh, I know one of our board members, Phil, is going to be there, too. Uh, So um, it's going to be a great event, I heard. I missed the one in 2012, so... uh, you know, consider getting tickets. You or to plane tickets. I don't think you require any actual admission. Uh, so, Google Reason Rally, and you will find uh, more details about where. Uh, and also, we're going to Threadgills. So uh, very soon. Yep.
1: Okay. <laughs> See you next week. Okay.
0: <laughs> thanks, Don.
1: Uh, thanks. I had fun today. Me too.
0: Hi, this is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, the Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at evolvefish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you.